0: covers it all. The first time I heard that song, it was by that choir Pacific, from Pacific Garden Missions. And uh, I tell you, you know what the, Jesus said in a parable about forgiveness? Those who have been forgiven much, love much. And I tell you, those men, they sang like they love God. Knowing, knowing many of their, or hearing many of their testimonies, I understand why they praise Him the way they do. Calvary does cover it all. I am so thankful for that. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. We're going to talk. Or talk. I'm going to talk. We're going to preach uh, this, this, this afternoon uh, on a very familiar passage of Scripture. And we're going to look at all that goes on here. But I want you to, to see, I guess, what kind of drew me here. It's a, couple, it's a, it's a question and an answer. Nebuchadnezzar, in verse fifteen, at the end of verse fifteen, after after uh, threatening and trying to intimidate the three Hebrew men, we call them children. They were young men, but they were still men. Says, "And who is it? Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands?" And their response is, "If it be so, our God, our God is that God. What what God did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God can do for us. It's not just a history lesson. It's not just a. It is not just a a, a parable that we can learn from." He is our God. And tonight, I just want to, or this afternoon, I just want to take a look at what this situation, and maybe look at a few other things, other things through Scripture, and just remind ourselves that we have that same God that we can worship, and he's worthy of our praise. Amen? Let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are our God. Lord, you're the God of the Bible. Your word says you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you've never changed. You're always faithful. God, whether or not we see victory in the midst of persecution or whether we have victory despite the persecution, God will trust you. God, help us to grow in our faith. Help us to grow to praise you in the midst of whatever is going on. Lord, may we bring honor and glory to your name, for you are worthy. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a very familiar passage if you've uh, if you grew up in Sunday school, you, there are a few a few lessons you learn from the Book of Daniel. You learn about Daniel and the lions. Then you learn about uh, Daniel and Shadrach. Well, they weren't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, in the beginning. Uh, their names were changed, but you learn about them as they refuse to eat of the king's meat, uh, and they do so, and God blesses, and and uh, they are they are placed in in, uh, in areas of pos- uh, position. You learn of them when you. Read of the Daniel uh, interpreting the dream uh, for the for King Nebuchadnezzar because he goes back and he prays with. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they they uh, they pray with them, and to to find that interpretation, and God blesses in that. And then you read this story: the uh, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't burn, uh, whether are where they're brought before uh, the king because they refused to bow to his. Uh, this is, uh, so this is a very familiar passage uh, for for most of us, if not all of us. Uh, so, but we're going to go through it, and and uh, we, we're. we're we are going to take a closer look at what God did and, and their response to the persecution. Because it's really their response shows their faith. And, and while the Bible says that, that without faith it's impossible to please God, there are different levels of faith. and there's, We can all grow in our faith. And so my, my heart's desire is that I would have the same response uh, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and the truth is I can have that same response because I have the same God. And and that's what's important for us to understand is no matter what it is that we're facing, no matter what the problem is, our God is the same God. And while he may or may not, and we'll get to that, uh, bring us through the situation, we'll still have victory. And he's still our God. So let's go ahead and go back, looking at verse one, uh, verse one of chapter three. It says Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits, and he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is just at the end of a. Of of conquest of Syria and Israel, Uh, he's had great victory. Uh, He's brought back thousands of of of, of Jews uh, that he has made made their slaves. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are all part of that. Um, uh, He is he is uh, seen. He has great wealth, and he, he likes to rule with intimidation. Now, in chapter 2, we find that uh, when Daniel interprets the dream form, he acknowledges that Daniel's God is real. Uh, he acknowledges, that, but there's one problem. Just because you acknowledge uh, acknowledge God, that he has power, unless you place him above you, there's, then you're not serving and worshiping that God. And while he acknowledged the power of God, he still himself has set himself above God. And and he likes to rule his people with intimidation and with threats. Um, And in fact, he did that in in chapter 2. He does it at the end of this chapter. uh, Where uh, one of his favorite threats is that uh, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to chop you up and your house will become a dunghill. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but that's really not a way a good leader leads. A good leader should not lead by example. A good leader should lead out of love and compassion. Shouldn't lead, have to lead with threats of violence. But that was how he led, uh, and it was because of his pride. Uh, he thought he was greater than anybody else, and his pride eventually became his downfall. As you, if you continue reading through the book of Daniel, you'll find that God struck him down uh, because he he said, "Look at all that I have built," and he had never gave the uh, he had never given the uh, the, uh, uh, the the I lost the word. He never gave the, the glory to God. He gave it to himself. And so God struck him down and made him like an animal for seven years. But in this particular period, uh, he has come back and he has built himself a a, a massive, Statue, a, a golden uh, a, a god to to be worshipped. Uh, there's argument about what that was. Uh, I've heard some say, I've read some say that that they believe it was a a, tri- a kind of recreation of the image that he had uh, in in his in his uh, dream in chapter two. Others said that it may have been a an image of himself uh, since he was so very prideful. Others it could be just a god that he had created. I don't know which of the three it was, but either one of the three. It was just a golden image, and it had no power, and it didn't deserve to be worshipped or wasn't worthy to be worshipped. But because of his fear and intimidation, he decided to tell everybody to come and worship his God. And we won't read all the verses here, but he gathers everybody who was anybody, and he gets them together. Now, I don't know where Daniel is in all of this, but I do know the Bible says he sits in the king's gate. I don't believe he is here, otherwise well i'm pretty sure daniel would not have bowed to worship uh, this idol uh, but but did, did you know this at that time there were 10,000 jews in jerusalem 10,000 now, i don't know how many were actually here but i'm sure several of them were and here's my question if there were 10,000 jews why did only three not bow uh, and many times uh, uh, when, when dealt with uh, threats and intimidation, uh, we as Christians have a, or uh, those that follow God, uh, anybody really has a, has a tendency to, to fail, a tendency to fall, a tendency to, to give in. And listen, we live in a day and age when, uh, man, I use that phrase a lot. And I catch myself all the time saying it. The world is out to try to push us and force its ideology down our throats. It's uh, to, to believe the Bible, uh, to, to trust the Word of God above all else, above all other authority, is not considered okay. It's considered radicalism. It's considered extremism, and and at some point in time, it may cause us. Uh, it may cause us. Uh, they may say we're breaking the law. They could say that it causes hate speech and all these other things. And who knows what what could happen, sometime in the future. Some in the world, there, there are we're dealing with that now. And the, the more and more they're pushing, we started homeschooling our kids a few years ago. And I told my wife uh, that the, the state just changed, the, had just changed their, uh, the, the driver, on the driver's license, you could have a third, a third gender, uh, whatever, neutral gender, whatever you, you could mark that if you didn't want to be a male or a female. And I said, I said, I'm glad that we got them out because that's coming to the schools. And it's in the schools. And that's what they're teaching children. It's just ridiculousness. And so, and I'm not saying that, that every, it's on every teach, that the teachers are all, but that's the, that's the agenda of the world. And listen, you, know, if you say anything against that, and you're, 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 you're they, they have names like uh, racist, xenophobic, you know, all kinds of different names that they'll, that they'll label you with, they immediately cast you into some kind of corner. Listen, all I want to do is believe the Bible, or follow the Word of God, and have that as my authority. But there'll be a time when there'll be a pushback. There will come a time when there is a pushback. In fact, even now, if you say too much out loud, there's a pushback. Can- cancel culture. And you say, well, that's not that big of a deal. It can be. People have lost their jobs over things like this. People have, the whole online attacking, it's, it has gotten terrible. Where, where it will destroy businesses, it will destroy people's lives, they'll get death threats. Uh, uh, people's, uh, I, I read one the other day, a woman, I, I, won't, I won't go into all the whole story, but she received death threats to herself, her family, and her, and her animals. Because she, that she spoke out against something that wasn't popular. So there's... So, so so Nebuchadnezzar had, had brought up this, uh, this, this golden statue. He says, I want everybody, at the sound of this music, to fall down and worship it. And we won't go through all the different instruments. There's a, there's a ton of them. Uh, but he says, when you hear this, and he brought them all to this great big plane, They were all gathered together. And those three Jews were right in the middle of it. I don't know where they were, there, but they were there. And they played the music. And everybody, but three of them, bowed down. The first thing I want you to to notice, have to make sure the 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 right the right notes, uh, is the demand. It's an impressive event. Well that's one of the things that, that, that Nebuchadnezzar is known for because of his pride. It was an impressive extravaganza. Uh, uh, he had this massive gold statue that everybody's uh they had every every uh, uh every instrument that you could think of uh playing there and playing beautiful I'm sure the music was beautiful. They're all and they're all too uh gathered to ten thousands of people gathered together, all on this one big plane, and when they heard this their order they had to bow down or die. I don't know about you, you, but most people in the world would say, okay, I don't have to really worship him. I'll just pretend like it. Let's worship but almost everybody bowed down in expressive extravaganza, and it was inclusive expectation, they expected everybody to follow suit. Nobody was left out. Uh, they, listen, uh, the, the, these people were people that, that, that they, they didn't care if you worshiped your God, but they wanted you to worship their God too. There are too many Christians that are willing to worship the world and God. We need to be careful that we don't allow both, because there'll be a conflict with one another. The Bible says, "If you love the love the world, you're in enmity with God." So we need to be we need to understand that as children of God, we are we are we we must be unwilling to bow and to bend uh, to the world or to the or to any other gods. Next, we see the disobedience. I believe it was determined. I do not think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were wondering what they were going to do. I believe they had determined in their heart long before, as soon as they heard the order, that this is what was going to happen, before they got loaded up and shipped out there to this plane, where they already knew what they were going to do. It wasn't a question in their heart. They were friends. They were roommates. In fact, they roomed, according to chapter 2, they they, they lived with Daniel. This is a strong core group of friends. And as soon as they heard about it, I can guarantee you what they said. I ain't going to do it. What about you? Well, no, I'm not going to do it. So they went in there determined to, how do I know that? Because going back to chapter 1, the Bible talks about how they determined in their heart not to sin against God. Well, what... Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, God was very clear in that, in the Old Testament. So they, they knew not to do this. uh, So they determined in their heart. We need Christians today who will determine in their heart not to sin against God, uh, not to, not to kneel and to bow or not to allow anything to come into their, into their lives as a, as a something that would distract them from the Lord Jesus Christ. So it was a determined disobedience. It was expected. I believe not only were they determined not to do it, I believe there are others there that expected them not to do it. But why do I say that? Because at the very end of chapter 2, uh, they've been put in a position because Daniel asked the king. Look at it with me, if you would. Verse 49, after Daniel has, has uh, revealed the dream to the king. So then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. They just got the jobs that other people wanted people that lived there people that had grown up people that had eyes, had eyes on that position of authority for for such a long time, but because daniel the king's friend the, the the king's pet, uh, they might have said, uh, uh, because he asked for it, they gave it to him. So they're looking for a reason to cause problems, just like they did with Daniel when they when they made had the, had the king make the law about uh, prayer. Uh, uh, but they expected these men to do it, and they were looking for it. When they bowed, when the music played and the, and they bowed down, I can guarantee you they had one eye open. As kids, I can remember uh, when everybody being told to bow their heads and pray. I was always one of those kids that. I close one eye and half close the other, and look around to see who else wasn't. And then, then you hear the kids say, "Well, did you know that so and so wasn't praying?" Well, how do you know? Do you know how they knew because they weren't worshiping either. They just made a. It was all face. They're doing it just to catch them in the act of disobedience. So it was determined disobedience. It was expected, and it was unique. They were the only three that did it. Everybody else weighed the the cost and the benefit. The cost is I could die. The benefit is I get to live. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. You know what? That's the world's philosophy today. I spoke to a guy. I used to work with a guy who's an atheist. And, and he's a good guy. I'm praying for him. I prayed for his salvation. Uh, and uh, we, we, we lived, we were actually roommates for six months. We worked together with partners for years um, on the ambulance. A great, really good guy. But he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. And uh, which, which is sad. It breaks my heart. Because I know, I know what the Bible says about where he'll spend eternity. But uh, we had this conversation years ago, back back uh, uh, when, uh, when it, it wasn't in China, but it was over in the Middle East where Christians were being persecuted and, and, and killed. And we were talking, and it was when uh, the, uh, what's the name of the, the group that was going around just killing all the Christians? Al uh, Qaeda. Al Qaeda was going around kill, killing the Christians. And he, said, he says why wouldn't they just say they converted? Because you can't, right? He, he just in his mind, he says you can go practice your own faith at your house and pretend. That was his mindset. He goes, he goes, you can do what you want. You just gotta give in a little bit, so they think. I said, but giving in is is giving up. If we, we we, as Christians can't do that I can't pretend to not love God I can't deny him if I deny him the Bible says he'll deny me uh, he died for me uh, I'm willing to die for him and he says well that's stupid because that's the world's understanding of Christianity uh, Of, uh, but the truth is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got it right they said, listen, uh, uh, we're, they, they, they determined uh, not to sin. They, they, didn't, they did not bow and worship, even though it was expected of them. It was unique. That was why they were the only ones that did it. Well, that didn't make the king very happy. Listen to verse 12, or verse 11, uh, verse 11, 12. Uh, the king is, is told about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Verse ten, they, they they said, "O King, hast made, thou hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, sulfur, blah blah blah, all the other? It should fall down, fall down, and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace." And the king's like, "That's right. That's what I said." And then verse twelve, "There are certain Jews among whom thou hast said over the 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 the, the, the affairs of the province of Babylon. These men, O King, have not regarded thee." They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Nebuchadnezzar verse 13 takes this, this defiance as a personal matter. says, so they haven't regarded you, they haven't worshipped your gods, they don't serve them, and they they, they completely disobeyed uh, your order to worship this God. It's a personal matter. How do I know it's personal? Well, verse 49 again, he had just set them in positions of authority. The, the men here who brought, them, or brought their names before him said, These guys that you just set up in authority over, over the province of Babylon, they haven't done what you said. And then verse 13 of chapter 3, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, Man to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the king. He's angry and as a king rightfully so now we understand we understand from, from the Jew, jewish perspective they didn't have a choice but to, to but to trust god he is angry in his pride in his in, in his, this the disorder he's been given these are men that he had just shown favor to he had just given them positions of authority they had a, a better job than they'd had before uh, they had they were sure i'm sure making more money uh, better, uh, there was there were a lot of benefits to what he had just done and now they're going to turn their back on him he is angry and it's all about himself. It's all about his pride. Uh, that was again. That was his downfall. Uh, it, it, because they disobeyed me. Because they disobeyed my order. Uh, this and, and it was problematic. It caused problems for for him. It caused problems for 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 them. Why? Because he made this a contest between him and God. Uh, they're they're in defiance of me and they're in defiance of of my orders. But they worship God. Well, if, you got, if you're going to follow somebody who's a true Christian and you're going to put them in a contest, you have to choose between you and God. Who should we all know who the choice should be? He's always going to lose. So, so that's the defiance. That's the, the problem he had. So, so he he comes to them. He's angry. He's he's upset, and and he uh, challenges them. Maybe he's hoping that they'll back down. Maybe he's he's hoping that it was just a a, a a front, a stand, or I'm not sure what. But he is angry. He is in fury, but he's hiding it because in the next time when they deny. He says his visage changed towards them, even in his anger and fury, he won, he's giving them the chance, and he does. He reminds them of the of the command. And he says, "If you don't do it this next time, this is your only chance. If you don't do it, you're going to die. I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace." Verse 15 says, it says, in all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, if you do it well, we'll forget this all happened. There'll be no, uh, there'll be no consequences. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour in the midst of the burning fiery furnace." And here he goes putting himself above God. And who is that God that should deliver you out of my hands? There is nobody that's going to save you. There is no God powerful enough to be able to save you from my hand. You will die in that furnace if you do not bow. He doesn't understand that God is greater. He doesn't understand that that, that God is sovereign, that, that God, that our God is king of kings and lord of lords, and God is completely in control. He doesn't have that concept. He, in his pride, thinks he is greater than God, and he's saying, listen. Listen, I'm being nice here. Here's a smile on my face. He's angry, furious at heart. But he says, This is your chance, and we'll wipe it all away if you do what I say. Bow and worship or die. And I love their response. I love their response. They make a declaration here in verse 16. It says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. That means we're not worried about what we're not. We're not. We're not trying to be politically correct. We're not trying to, to 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 check our words. We're not trying to be careful with what we say. We're just going to be blunt. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. This, de- this declaration is a declaration of faith. He said, listen, king, we're not being careful with what we're going to say. But our God is able. You say, "Who is our? Who is who? What, what God is it that that is able?" Let me tell you, our God is able. Uh, you may think you're king of kings and lord of lords, but our God, or you may think you're the king, but our God is the king of kings. You think you have power; you only have the power that God has allowed you to have. Uh, I'm ad- I'm adding to what they're saying, but I want you to understand this is the heart behind it. They understood who God is. It was a declaration of faith. God can deliver us from the fiery furnace notice the next phrase and god will deliver us out of thine hand I love that. He says, listen, whether or not God saves us from that fiery furnace, I don't know. But on the other end of this, God's going to have kept us out of your hand. Whether by keeping us out of that fiery furnace or by or by taking taking us home, God is going to deliver us from your hand. You have no control over us. Most of the time, the problem is that Christians say, listen, as long as God protects me, as long as God keeps me out of that problem, that trial, that then I know that God is good. But no, God is good regardless of that. God is able regardless of that. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And in faith, we need to trust him. And I, I love this. No matter what, whether whether or not God saves me, I'm going to trust him. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't, I don't know what's going to uh, happen in the, at the end of this. I could. We could die in that fiery furnace. But if we die, we're just going to be in heaven. We'll be in the presence of God. It was a matter of faith. It was a matter of truth. It was a matter of fortitude. They were trusting in the strength of God to bring them, bring them through it. There, verse, verse, seven, uh, verse 18, says, But if not, I love that part, be it known, O king, whether God saves us or, or doesn't save us, whether we, whether we live or die, we're going we're gonna to choose not to bow. Notice verse nineteen and never face. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and his form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen, he was angry before. Uh, now he's now he's letting the, the anger show. Uh, he's changed, his, changed the, the, the look of his face. He's just covered in wrath and twisted in anger. And he, he demands that the, the furnace be heated up seven times normally than it's ever been heated up before. And uh, it's just a ridiculous command. Listen, if I come to you and threaten to shoot you in the head seven times, after the first time, it doesn't really matter. Right? It was hot enough to kill me, it's hot enough to kill me. Uh, he's just making an irrational, irrational threat because he's so angry. Uh, but it doesn't matter what he threatens. It doesn't matter what he says. Uh, they, they, those men, he says that they, they, they took the, the, the most mighty of men to carry them in. They bound them in ropes, uh, still, still fully dressed, and they threw them in. It was so hot, the men carrying them in died because of the heat of it. And there they are, cast into the midst of it. And uh, it, it, it amazes me uh, that in this and deliverance, what you see is the only thing that burned off of them in this midst of this fire is the bonds that held them. The, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says that here in verse, verse, uh, verse 21, then these men were bound in their coats and their hose, and in their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent... Uh, The first exceedingly hot, and the flame and the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar thought that was the end of the story, except, verse 24, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the, the king, True, O oh king. He answered said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of Man. The first thing that that, that that we see here, the deliverance that God gave them, was that he delivered them from their their, their bindings. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's amazing when, when we allow God to deliver us, uh, we have freedom. We have we have freedom uh, from whatever it is that, that, that was binding us, and, and so so they have that freedom. They're walking about. The, uh, the, they they have fellowship. The Savior is walking there with them, and and. And, and and in the end, they receive favor. As they bring them back out, uh, they're given in greater positions. Uh, and, and Nebuchadnezzar wants to, uh, to, to raise them up and lift them up and, and glorifies their God. Uh, it's amazing what God can do. Uh, now, remember, the point of the story is not that they, that, that they lived or that they died. Hebrews chapter 11, if you want to turn over there really quickly, quickly with me. We'll see a few verses. Verses 30, I think it's 36. Hebrews 11, starting in verse uh, 32. And what more? Or what shall I say? more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon of Barak, and of Samson of Joseph, Jephthah of David, and also Samuel of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, attained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and then there's a change. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Listen, whether they had victory or not, I want you to know whether they whether they were whether they were set free from their bonds or not, whether they were tortured and set free, whether, whether they died in their bonds or in that burning fiery furnace, God is still God, and they, they placed their faith in that. And too many times we get caught up in reading the stories of, of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego of David and uh, Goliath. And yes, that God is still our God, but sometimes the ending isn't what we want. And sometimes there isn't great victory. There is victory. There's already been victory. They hadn't received the promise. But listen, when we close our eyes here on this earth and open our eyes in heaven, we have received the inheritance of promise. We have received what was promised to us in the word of God. That God was our God. The God who... who, uh, Many times we, we don't think that God is able anymore. Here's where it comes down to. There's just a couple, couple things. They said our God is able. Sometimes we lack the faith that God is able to do something. They said our God is able to save us from the fiery furnace. We need to understand that God is able to deliver us from whatever trial or tribulation that, that we come up, to, up, up against. I don't. I don't know what it it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual. God is able. There is nothing that is impossible for God. We think, well, God can't do miracles like that anymore. Those are all Bible Bible stories. Can I tell you, God still works. I was reading to, reading today of a of a missionary named John G Patton. He was a missionary to the, to the Papua New Guinea area, the Hebrides Islands, uh, is back in the eight, back in uh, in the early 1800s, and he was uh, he was a, a Presbyterian. God called him to uh, to, to those Hebrid, Hebrid, Hebridean islands. I believe it's the Hebrides, H uh, E. H-E- B-R-I-D-E-S. Uh, he called them to those islands. Uh, and listen, they were full of cannibals. There wasn't a Christian among them. And God, he got married on his way over. Uh, while he was there the first four years, he buried his wife and his child. Had to sleep on their graves for two weeks so that the cannibals didn't dig them up and eat their bodies. Uh, uh, only had a few uh, people that got saved in the first four years that he was there. Uh, one was a chief who would warn him when the others were coming to kill him. There was one night he got a warning that he was to hide up in the tree, uh, that he was to hide up in the tree all night long. He heard the, 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 the shots of muskets and, and the war cries and went home, would go home, went home in the morning and his place had been destroyed. But he was alive. Why? Because God protected him. Another night he was warned uh, that there was nowhere that they were coming. He didn't have a chance. He looked out the window. And he was already surrounded by, 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 by a, a chief and his, and his group. There were a hundred men there around him. He got on his knees and prayed all night long, but the shots never came. They never, they never came into his door. Two years later, that chief uh, that was surrounding his house that night uh, got saved, and he asked him later on uh, why they never attacked. He, he goes, "I was all alone. There was nobody there to protect me. Why didn't you attack me that night?" He goes, "What do you mean you were all alone? There was there was there were armed people outside your outside your hut. That was God." Whether it was just a a vision that God made them have. The Bible says that God's angels encamp those who trust him. Can I tell you that God is good and can still work? The problem is that we fear that he can't. We don't trust that he can. And so it holds us back from doing the things God calls us to do. If Nate Saint and, and Jim Elliott and the others uh, were afraid of, uh, the, uh, of death, they never would have flew into those, uh, those into, into the, to, to meet with those men who had never heard the gospel before. And guess what? They lost their lives. And people say, well, that was just stupid. Uh, but can I tell you, that it was one of the greatest things because through their death and through their family's continued outreach, the entire people got saved. But they had to go in faith. We, won't, we don't have enough faith to go across the street and knock on our neighbor's door. We don't have enough faith to go see what God will do if we just work here in the area. Listen, I want I want God to work here. I want God to work with our church. I want us to be known as as, as soul winners, as fishers of men, as someone uh, not just a lighthouse where people can come here. Listen, we can be that. We can be a hospital for the hurting, and, and we should be that. We can be we can help those that, that need help. But listen, we're, uh, we have to go outside the walls of the church. To to bring them in, not just expect them to come to us. I used to work on an ambulance. We took people to the hospital all the time. They were the people that couldn't get there themselves. We need to go. We need to have faith. We need to trust that he can. They knew that God was able. We need to know that God is able. We need to have the faith to trust in him. We need to to have the fortitude that regardless of the the outcome, we'll still trust God. See, they had faith and they had fortitude. Uh, uh, They they said, listen, uh, he could save us. And listen, he's going to save us out of your hand. Whether he saves us from the fiery furnace or through the fiery furnace, you got no control over us. Listen, we need to have faith to be able to say, the the fortitude to be able to say, no matter what comes, I'm going to stand. No matter matter what attack Satan has for me, I'm going to persevere. No matter how far I have to go, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. It's too easy to quit nowadays. It's too easy to give up. Say, I'm done. Most of us, many times, never even start. What could God do? Those names—I don't—I haven't even counted them yet. There, there's probably 50 names in, in those papers I collected. i will i will have them printed up by Wednesday. What—what—what uh, what, what could happen if God did a work and those 50 people got saved in the next year? If that's all that got saved, that would be more people than been saved in the last 10 years. What would happen to the number of our church? We'd have to have two services with COVID, anyways. Can God do it? I don't know about you, my God is able. That God is my God. That God is our God. Listen, he may do it and he may not do it, but that doesn't keep me from being able to make the, the, that doesn't keep me from trying. It should give me the fortitude to move forward. Last we see favor. If we do that, I believe God will favor us. Now that doesn't mean that God will bring us deliver us from every every problem. But what did in Hebrews what did God say of those that died? He says the world was not worthy. I believe we'll see favor on our lives. God's blessing on our lives. God's grace to to carry us through. I don't think those men struggled when they were bound. I think they were willingly bound. I don't think they fought those men who carried them to their deaths. Not their deaths, but their own deaths. God showed them favor. I believe God will show us favor. There's a, let's see if it's still on my phone. There's a quote from John G. Patton. My heart rose. I think this is it. My heart rose up to the Lord Jesus. I saw him watching all the scene. Uh, This is one of the times when they were surrounded as they were trying to get off the island. My peace came back to me like a wave from God. I realized that I was immortal, till my master's work with me was done. The assurance came to me as if a voice out of heaven had spoken, that not a musket would be fired to wound us, not a club prevail to strike us, not a spear leave the hand in which it was held, vibrating to be thrown, not an arrow leave the bow or a killing stone the fingers, without the permission of Jesus Christ, who is all power in heaven and on earth. He rules all nature, animate and inanimate, and restrains even the savage of the South Seas. And we have that kind of faith. Now we're not in those kind of circumstances. At least not now. God could call us into it. There are missionaries and there are Christians in that now. us. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you uh, for the blessings you've given to us. Thank you for your word. Lord, may you help us now as um, I want to be taking some time to uh, remember and keep communion. Father God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. Lord, may you be glorified in all that's done and said here in, in future moments. Lord, if you're dealing with us now, may we Get those things right. God, I love you, and I'm so thankful for you. Help us now. And Jesus, we're going to take a few minutes to...